to God's Word. Romans 8. Uh, Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 35. Starting with verse 35. we go to 39 this evening. If that will be okay. That's Romans chapter 8. Verse, starting with verse 35. Give me a second to turn there. Verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Let us stop there, and let's have a quick word of prayer, and we'll start dissecting this, if we may. So let us pray. Lord Jesus, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Lord, thank you uh, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. Lord, uh, there's none of, none of us that are perfect. There's none righteous, no, not one. And Lord, uh, praise you for forgiving us and loving us and never giving up on us that we can come in the sanctuary together and that we can worship. And Lord, I pray that you'll fill this sanctuary with your sweet Holy Spirit. Lord, lead us. God has directed us in, this word, in your word this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so uh, looking at this verse here, this passage, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So, you know, Jesus loves us. And, uh, you know, as a father, you know, there's just, I would go to the ends of the earth for my kids. Or, I mean, there's just, I mean, I don't care what, who I had to fight. I don't care what I'd have to go through. I make Rambo look like a priest on Sunday. I'm just telling you. If somebody hurt one of my kids, I, I would, I, there's just nothing I would do for them, you know. And, uh, but, you know, me being wicked can have that kind of attitude. Imagine how much more that Jesus Christ can do for us, who loves us far more, far more than we can ever fathom uh, in, in this lifetime of what Jesus Christ, how much that he loves us. So nothing's going to separate us from the love of Christ. There's nothing that can pull us out of his mighty right hand. Not a thing in the world. All right? So that's what we're getting at here, is that Jesus loves us, and he's not going to let us go. You know, I think some people are under the impression, and it's sad that those are, there are those who have the, uh, the, the false belief that you can lose your salvation. And that's just insane to me, you know? When my kids mess up, I don't say, hit the road, grab your stuff, get your stick. You know, you see them on those old cartoons, the stick and the, and the, and the bandana with their stuff in it, you know, walking down the road. You know, I, you don't, of course, any parent in the right mind wouldn't do that, you know, but um, there's some lunatics out there. You never know what they're going to do. But, uh, uh, you know, no, you're going to, of course, you may discipline them if they're doing something wrong, but, uh, but you're going to love them. They still have a home there, and you're going to take care of them. Well, you know, Jesus, I think some people just think God's out to get them, you know. Oh, my gosh, I messed up, so God's after me now. He's, he's going to get me now. This, this, my tire went flat, and that's, that's God paying me back because I cussed or I messed up or I thought this or I said this, and that's God. He's getting me. That's not how God works. He loves you. His grace is sufficient. He forgives. Jesus is our advocate between us and the Father, and he talks to them on our behalf. And, God, and he you know, this kind of goes back a little bit to what I was talking about Sunday morning, and, uh, and the fact that sometimes we put ourselves back into bondage, and we ask God to forgive us, and uh, you know, Jesus, you know, that's why he, he talks to God on our behalf. And he says, hey, Matt messed up again. He got mad at Brandy because she burned his toast, and he hollered at her. And uh, so, you know, he's sorry that he felt that way, even though he's nursing a black eye right now. He's sorry, you know. So, you know, so we have to have faith to know that God is going to forgive us, and we move forward. 
And so that's one great thing that we have here when we look at this. That nothing's going to separate us from that love of Christ. God ain't out to get you. He's not up there with a bigger racer in the Lance Book of Life saying, you know, just going, at, going to town, taking you out of there. That's not, nothing's going to separate us. So we see that it's our tribulation. Now, we're going to face tribulation. We're going to face trials. We're going to face uh, adversity in this world. We're, you know, uh, it, as long as we live in an imperfect world, we're going to face these kind of things that happen to us. But if God is for us, as Philippians 4.13 tells us, if God is for us, who can be against us? All right? And that Jesus is going to get us through those trials. You know, uh, people struggle sometimes. Uh, that I've, I've come across that uh, say, well, if God is real, uh, how can he let some child be sick? Or uh, why did he let my whatever, fill in the blank, die, parent, mother, brother, sister, child, son, you know, die? You know, if God is true, why, how can he allow this kind of pain to happen? But the thing that is, though, when sin entered this world, that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, when sin entered this world, and, and as a result of free will, because of sin in this world, we are going to have tribulations, we're going to have trials, we're going to have things, but we have Jesus Christ that gives us the strength to endure and to persevere and to overcome and persevere in spite of those trials. And, and that's the devil who allow, that causes these things to happen, God doesn't make us sin, and, and, yet, and God does have the power to stop these things, but here's the thing, as bad as things are, they'd be a whole lot worse if it wasn't for God's mercy. And his hand holding these things back. So it could be far more evil, far more worse than we could imagine if it wasn't for God's mercy. So praise God for that. That even in those situations, even through no matter how bad a trial or tribulation we go through, God is there. And it's not going to separate from that. Or distress. All right? So, you know, you look at distress. You know, our battle, obviously, is not flesh and blood. Our battle is a mental battle. It is a mind game. All right? Uh, I think it was Charles Swindoll that said that um, uh, when we experience a mental battle, it's uh, 10%, uh, let's see, how was it? Uh, yeah, 10% is the problem, and 90% is how you react to it. All right, so I tend to overreact sometimes. Dad says that I'm a drama queen, okay? So I, uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure how I want to take that, all right? But... Uh, he can be a little hurt, hurtful sometimes, but anyway, <laughs> I was upset something the other day. He said, you're such a drama queen, just get over it, you know. So, thanks, Father. Anyway, <laughs> stop my foot. Anyway, so I do tend to overreact sometimes in certain situations, and I have to reel it in, and Brandy gets on me a little bit sometimes because I tend to overreact, particularly with my kids because I'm so very overprotective, and, and if, if things aren't going the way that, you know, that's one thing when it comes to dependence upon God. You know, we have to rely upon on Him on all things. And it's so easy that we have an idea how we want things to go. And when they, you know, a man can plan the steps, but God's going to direct his, his path. And uh, I know I didn't say that correctly. But anyway, um, was that Jeremiah, I want to say 16, 7, I think that's where it come from. But anyway, um, you know, we have an idea how we want things to go. And when they don't go the way we want them to, we tend to act like children sometimes and throw a hissy fit. You know, why, God, this isn't fair, you know. But, you know, we need to praise God no matter whatever outcome, no matter how we want things to go. Praise God. Praise God that something didn't turn out the way we wanted to do because maybe God's preventing for something, uh, for something happen that could be far worse or detrimental to us that we're not aware of. 
you know, and uh, I've not made the best decisions in the world, and Lord knows when it comes to financial, I make the worst decisions in the world. And I told Dad the other day, I said, I don't see how that's possible. My grandfather, he could sit there and go to an auction and make money and never even, you know, and never even spend a cent, and he made money before he left the property. Me, I walk into Walmart, and I blew $100, and I don't even know what I went home with, you know. I'm just like, what just happened, you know. I'm the, I'm the guy that... Brandy sends me out for a loaf of bread, and I come back with magic beans. You know, she's like, she's like, where's the bread? I'm like, I don't know, but this guy said his beans will really do something. You know, so she's, you know, that's how horrible I am when it comes to finding. I'm horrible at it. But see, we have to have that straightness of mind. We, and the only way we can have that straightness of mind, the only way we can have that focus of mind, is if we continually keep our mind, our eyes, our thoughts focused on Jesus Christ. Because it, remember, the devil is after your mind. He wants to destroy you. He wants to separate your love of Christ. He wants to get in there and make you confused. He wants to get in there and make you question your faith. He wants to get in there and make you, and, and make you feel, well, kind of like what I was talking about Sunday morning, he wants to psych you out. He wants to just get in there make you think you can't do it, you can't accomplish it, that you're going to fall miserably spiritually, and that uh, you know, you're worthless, no good, all those things. But Jesus says, I'm here. I'm the one that's going to give you strength. I'm the one that's going to help you. I want to be the one to help you endure and to persevere. I'm going, you rely upon me, not by power, not by might, but my strength, says the Lord. So we rely upon his strength. No, we can't do it on our own. We will fall on our face. We will fall flat. We will mess up. But it's God that helps us to pick ourselves up when we do and keep pushing forward. Man, and praise God for that. Because there's so many times I have, I have failed miserably. And, and, and if it wasn't for God, I'd probably be standing here right now. But it just praise God that he gave me the strength to say, you know what? I messed up. But God loves me and he forgives me and he's going to give me the strength to get through whatever this is I'm going through. And, uh, you know, it's not something I like to talk about, and, I, and I've brought up uh, before. You know, there was a time when I attempted suicide, and uh, because my health was just out of control, I didn't want my wife and kids to um, have to see that, endure that, and I came very close to taking my own life. There was, there, there was a time in my life where it was, seemed so dark, and see, that's how the old devil works. He wants to make you think that it is so dark and so hopeless that the hole is so deep that there's no way out and that is the only, only escape. But as Jesus, as Jesus said, he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly, right? And so Jesus reached in in my darkest moment and he says, you know what? You don't want your life. You give it to me and uh, I'll make it whole and complete. And when I finally relented and gave my life completely to Jesus Christ, I mean, I was saved, but I had really strayed, you know. Uh, I like what Dad says when he talks about backsliding. You have to be somewhere before you can backslide, you know. And, uh, uh, and so when I finally just gave up and said, you know what, Lord, I'm yours. Do whatever with me that you want to do. My life completely and totally changed, didn't it, Brandy? You say, yes, Dr. Young, that's true. Say it, Bray. Say it loud. Okay. okay, that wasn't loud. I didn't really feel that, Brandy. Uh, so that, uh, uh, you know, so, and I praise God for that. Because I never thought in a million years I'd be up here preaching. I never thought in a million years I'd ever be a preacher. All right? I never had no intentions of it and had no desire for it. And uh, looking back in my life, I can see where God was leading me and drawing me to it. But I didn't want to do it, you know, and, uh, and there's a lot of reasons why, and, and, and I've, I've went over that before, so I ain't getting into that tonight. But anyway, 
So, you know, remember that in distress, there's that mind game, but, but Jesus Christ is there. So even in those mind games that the old devil's trying to, to get in there and twist around, not even that in that distress is going to separate us from Christ. You see, I, wa I want you all to have such joy and excitement for Jesus that you can't wait to get to church. You can't wait to tell other people about Jesus Christ. I want you to understand the victory is not only in the future, but your victory is now too. See, that, that should get you excited about Jesus. That's why when I get up here to preach, I get so excited. I'm telling you, like yesterday, I was so excited. It was just so, just, I had to really pray, Lord, help me to dial it down a little bit. I don't know if I got some uh, uh, ADHD or what, but I, I just, I get so just, whew, man, I have to really kind of dial it down to concentrate because I get so excited, I can't hardly read to focus on what I'm supposed to do because I'm just so happy to get to tell you about Jesus. I want God to use me to help you to grow and to learn and to get excited about God, you know? And, and you know, it's just, I see people sometimes that are saved and they just act like they're just so defeated and miserable. And I'm like, why, man, why? You know, we all have bad days. You know, I don't always wake up just ready to hit the ground running and joking. Now, most of the time I am. Brady wants to tote the life out of me. She says, man, Madison ain't like you. We can't act like that. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like the, remember on um, uh, Bugs Bunny? Remember there was the, the dog that walked slow and the other one was jumping around it and saying all this stuff? Well, that's the way I am in the mornings. I'm jumping around and doing all this stuff. And they're just like, leave us alone, you know. So I can't help it, but I just get so excited about Jesus. And uh, I just feel like I'm going to bust if I can't talk to somebody about the Lord. And that only comes from God above, because I wasn't always like that. And, uh, and I just, I mean, I, I, mean I, I knew I loved the Lord, and, and I feel like most of my life I tried to do what was right. But it is after my friend Lance died of cancer, I really, really got out in the world and, and really regret that. But uh, I just want to get you all excited. And that's why I wanted to, the Lord laid on my heart to go over these verses this evening because uh, I felt, felt it was important. Uh, and it is. Because these verses, again, you know, there's sometimes there's flyover verses. All right? And we can read verses such as these. And we can almost use what I call Christianese. And you kind of, you know, when somebody's in distress or having a bad day, you kind of throw out Philippians 4.13. Or you can throw out uh, some verses in Romans 8. And, you know, it, but... It's like some of the meaning is lost. That makes sense. Some of the, it's not about feeling. All right? I understand this is a relationship with God. It's not, even though I get excited, it's more than a feeling. You know, I heard somebody say uh, uh, today, he said, it can give you the liver quivers. All right? But that doesn't mean that. I never heard that before. It can give you the liver quivers. But, that, you know, you can have an emotional response, but that's not meaning that you're having a true relationship with Christ. You're going to have your valleys. You're going to have your highs. You're going to have those battles, okay? But I just want you to understand that no matter what you're going through, Jesus is there. And nothing's going to separate you from him, all right? So no matter how much you screw up, God's not going to let you go. And that right there, see, I think that's a lot of the mental battle. And Satan wants to say, you messed up. Look what you've done. Even though you've asked for forgiveness, look what you've done. Look what you said. How can you be a Christian? How can you be? And he was, wants to beat you down. But understand that Jesus has given you the victory and the power to know that you were saved and that you are his and that you were bought and you are paid for and nothing is going to separate you from his love. All right? So, or persecution. Okay? So, 
You know, if you look at persecution, you know, the, the Old Testament saints, they were persecuted sometimes daily. You see the New Testament saints who are persecuted, you know, brought before lines and, and beheaded and nailed to crosses. You, you look throughout time, those who were burned at stakes and, and who, were, who suffered, even today, who suffered in ways we could never imagine uh, for Jesus Christ. And there may become a time when we, those of us in this sanctuary, may have to suffer severe persecution for Jesus Christ. But no matter what the world can do, remember, there's nothing that is greater than Jesus Christ. You know, so even in times of persecution, their love for Jesus outshined uh, whatever torment they may have to go through because God gave them that strength. Um, let's see here. Uh, or famine. Realize, you know, that even, uh, 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 even it, no matter what can happen to the temporal part of our bodies, our mortal bodies, still cannot separate us from God. Or nakedness. All right? You know, even Adam and Eve, you know, even God uh, took uh, the hides of animals to cover them. And uh, we all have our, our, per, our preferences on how we like to dress. You know, and that's one thing that um, when I was reading this, it's, it's really, I've noticed, has, has seemed to be uh, taking some ground here lately, is that um, there's this liberal movement that... Uh, Let's see, how can I, I'm trying to think how I can put this in a way that's appropriate. Um, women want to dress like men do at the beach, just their shorts and that's it, all right? And, uh, of course, I ain't going to say what the movement is called. But the thing that is, though, they're, they're trying to say, there are several actresses who are trying to say that um, they are censored on Instagram because they cannot show themselves as men do. But, you know, like it or not, women's bodies are sexualized. And men's minds are visually stimulated. And so it's a thing called modesty. And I think, and, and, and truly, uh, it is where we're getting further away from God's Word. And when you get further away from God's Word, perversion takes an upswing, you know? And so then anything goes. You know, in fact, uh, I forgot what state it was in. They've already passed a law where women can walk around you know, no shirt on like a guy. And that is wrong. You know, I remember years ago, um, I can't remember the name of the missionary we had brought here. He was from Tasmania in Australia. And he was, such, he was an advocate fighting hard against pornography. He said it was so prevalent. It was in soap operas, day-to-day -day television. I mean, just like, you know, you know how you watch like, we, you know, say you got three channels, 5, 11, 19. It, it, on, just on a local standard like that, it would be showing pornographic material. And he was fighting hard against that kind of situation. And, I, and if things don't curb, I can almost see his head in that direction easily if Christians don't start standing up and, and doing something. I'm sorry, I don't mean to get off on that tangent. Or peril, is all right? So, uh, or peril, you know, uh, whatever uh, tribulation comes our way. Uh, or sword, you know, or sword. You know, that's, that's something there that I thought was interesting there, or sword. It's talking about James, the brother of John, who was beheaded. And, uh, and it made me think of, um, of Luke. Let's see. Here we go here. I hope I see. Let's see here. I think it was Luke. Um, hold on a second here. Um, I don't think I saved it. Let me see. I think I wrote it down here. Um, yeah, Luke 12. That's what I was trying to think of. Luke 12, uh, 4 and 5, because I was wanting to talk about that in regards to the sword. Don't lose your finger there in... Um, 
Romans will become that in a second. But Luke 12, 4 and 5 says, And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do, but I will forewarn you. Of course, it's Jesus talking here. You whom ye shall fear, fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. So don't be afraid of, you know, of course we're talking about the sword here. They can separate, obviously, the head from the body or the soul from the body. But we need to fear the one who controls uh, heaven and hell. You know, we need to fear the one that uh, controls uh, where we're at, uh, well, the decision we make uh, in our... Uh, uh, my mind just went completely. I looked over here, and for some reason, my mind just went. I don't know what just happened. Anyway, uh, some, I feel like a record player skipping. Somebody hit me. All right, uh, let me get my train of thought back. Um, I know where I'm spending eternity. Where are you spending eternity at, Brandy? Uh, Brandy said, "Where are you spending eternity?" Uh, so. But, uh, but you know, there, there, there is that fear. You know, there, there is a, um, uh, of course, in Muslim countries, look at Christians that were beheaded. And you know that they were probably asked, uh, you know, would, would you reject God and accept Islam, you know? And so in that situation, you know, of course, we could bravely say right here, uh, you know, uh, no, I would never deny Christ. But when you're put in that situation... You know, I, I would hope and pray that in that situation I would say, no, I, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I will not deny him. Uh, uh, so I would only hope and pray that God would give me the strength to do that in the face of something like that happening. Or what could be even worse, you know, I, what happens to me is one thing, but what they put my wife or my daughter or my son, and they put them on the block and say, you reject Jesus Christ or beheading them. Whew, now that right there, you know, is, is, is something to really think about. But even in that situation, nothing will separate you from Christ. Is that not awesome, you know? Even though what, what man can do to the body still will not separate you from love of Christ. Uh, for as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, that actually comes from, let me get over here, uh, from Psalm. Um, let's see here. Oh, I think I wrote, the, let's see, was it Psalm, yes, 44, 22, uh, where it says, Yea, for, they, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. So it's actually uh, referring back to that in the fact that um, as Christians, you know, sheep, uh, whether for whatever purpose, oftentimes are, uh, uh, are used for... Uh, for food, meat, clothing, and that kind of situation. But it's referring to the brutality in which they are slaughtered. And Christians who are generally uh, meek, uh, or hopefully be meek, loving, and, um, uh, and try to be Christ-like, are oftentimes referred to as sheep, and how they can be brutally uh, uh, murdered for Christ's name. But even in that situation, would not be separated from Christ. Now, verse 37, now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, this is where um, I really, this is the verse that was really on my mind. I really hadn't intended on, uh, on discussing some of these other verses, but that verse, you know, 
I was uh, praying. I was like, Lord, uh, what, uh, what would you have me speak on Wednesday night? You know, and I was praying about it. His thoughts kept going over and over in my head. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. More than conquerors. You know, and, and again, it's one of those verses sometimes I feel like we say uh, when we're in the midst of a trial or, or a friend is, is struggling. And, and, and we use that. But do we really understand its full context of its meaning that we are more than conquerors through him? It's more than just being victorious. It is, it is being overly victorious, all right? Here's a good case of point to think, bless you, a good point, a case of point to think about how, what it means to be a conqueror through him. Look at it, look at it as University of Tennessee playing somebody. You know, the, the score is 136 to 4, all right? Obviously, it's UT that's not winning. So, all right, so not only have they won, they have overly <laughs> shown their, their superiority over the University of Tennessee. Now, I am a Bulls fan, but quite frankly, they stink this year, worse than I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, so that's one good way to look at how, what it means to be a conqueror. But um, as Paul's referring to, uh, to be more than a conqueror uh, is to bring into subjugation, uh, to be a slave, uh, to be superior over something. And that's why he said that, you know, no matter where he's at, you know, even though he, he was in prison or, or being tortured or dealing with sickness, is the fact that he knew that, he was, uh, that through Jesus Christ that he was a conqueror over these things, that he could be content in all things because he knew where his faith was at, that where his hope lied, and that through Jesus Christ, that even through sickness, through persecution, that was a slave unto him because Jesus Christ was a conqueror through him. Is that not an awesome passage or verse? You know, you look at the Israelites, and time and again, they would uh, have to uh, go into battle, and they were way outnumbered. But Jesus says, you depend upon me. You look to me. Don't you be afraid. And guess what? They would, uh, uh, time and again, they would be victorious. Look at even the time that uh, when Jeremiah, where they had messed up and they were about to be invaded, Jesus said, hey, don't be afraid, all right? Even during that time, even though they were going to have to learn a lesson, but they were still able to pillage, go through those things and find the necessities they needed to eat and, and uh, take care of themselves. So no matter, even, no matter what the situation it is, all right, we are not to be afraid because we are more than what? Say it loud. Conquerors through him. So that, you know, we have nothing to be afraid of. You know, you know, you all sitting there, you all know how much sickness I have to deal with. You all know the surgeries and the problems. You know, that's like I was telling somebody the other day, I said, yeah, I said, um, you know, if the church, the finances got to a point that, you know, I, I needed to work and, 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 and another full-time job on top of my full-time duties here and, and try to help it financially somehow, I'd be willing to do it. And Dad, and Dad in all his lovingness, says, uh, he, he said, you'd have filed for disability. What are you talking about? You can't work. <laughs> you know? I was like, gee, thanks, Dad. I really appreciate that. You know, I'm trying my best here. And uh, so, but uh, can't help I stay sick. He said, nobody will hire you. <laughs> Good old dad, always there to uplift you when you need it, you know. So. <laughs> but my point is in the fact that um, even though uh, I have these sicknesses, and it, and it has, and I've taught dad how it has brought me down and has affected me emotionally and spiritually. But when you read this verse, more than conquerors through him that loved us. What an awesome verse that to know through Jesus Christ, I can't let this stuff get to me because I need to be content in the things of God. And through God, through Jesus Christ, 
This sickness, these things are, are, are slaves to me. They are subjugated. They are, they, they, they are beneath me. I have Jesus Christ to help me to overcome and conquer these things. And I pray that I don't ever see another day of sickness again. But whether I do or not, or whether you do or not, understand through Jesus Christ you are conquerors through him that loved us. And that should strengthen you. That should encourage you. And that should help you to push forward in your walk spiritually. See, this is the whole reason why I'm discussing these kind of things is because that we need to continually grow spiritually. Now, I know I harp on this a lot, but uh, it's, it's a, there's a reason why. Because I see so many Christians spiritually stunted. For many years, I was spiritually stunted. I had just enough. I went to church just enough. I, and I rarely read my Bible. I rarely spent time in prayer. I, had, I, 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 was, I was stunted. And that, but I don't want you all to be that way. I want you all to be spurred on. All right? You know, you, the, you, you, see, you read in God's Word, or he's talking about uh, where they would, uh, you know, how cattle, they would take those prods and, and do it. Well, trust me, I know a lot about cattle prods because uh, uh, some of you all know I was taking care of uh, uh, some people at um, uh, Donna Hope. And so we was at uh, Mises Farm and Garden. And I said, hey, watch this. I was going to try to have some fun and make him think I was going to electrocute myself. He just bunched them on the rack, so I grabbed it and said, watch. Well, I didn't know the stupid things were charged. So I hit it, and I was like, oh, and I hit the ground. <laughs> and the poor guy, not a hope, looks at me and says, boy, you sure are dumb. Now that's, that's bad. That's bad. When the guy, not a hope, tells you you're dumb, you know. <laughs> so, so I know a lot about cattle prods, okay. But... <laughs> But that's it. I see. I want to prod you along. I want you to get you, get you some giddy up in your go there. I want you all to spur on your growth spiritually. All right. I don't want you to be stunted. I want you to continually want to grow, want to learn, want more. You don't want just enough. You want more. We should never be satisfied. And that's why I'm, I'm teaching these things tonight. It's because I want you to understand that you need continual growth. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. All right? So, in this verse, I'm persuaded that neither death, all right? So, now even in death, is not going to separate us from the love of Christ. We discussed that already. That is, that's not even going to, that, Jesus is there. That's why I love Psalm 23. Those who walk through the valley of shadow of death, thou art with me. That even through death, Christ is there. Nor life, but whatever life throws at you, Christ is there. So I'm going to separate. Nor angels. Now when you see angels, thinking, well, how would angels separate from the love of Christ? Well, he's not, obviously we're not talking about heavenly angels. We're talking about uh, the demons, the devils that, that would uh, uh, try to infiltrate us and try to separate us. Nor principalities, nor powers, uh, nor things present, you know, or things to come. So even what we have to deal with now or in the future, God is there and it's not going to separate us. Nor height, nor depth nor other creature, all right, so it doesn't matter if it's uh, in heaven, earth, hell, sea, whatever, is not going to separate us from the love of Christ. She'll be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And why could that not separate us from the love of God? Because God loved us so much, he sent his only son to die for us. And so not only did he not stay on that cross, not only did he not stay in that grave, but he rose again. Christ is real. And he loves us. So if God loves us enough to send his only son to die for us, he's not going to give up on you. So praise God for that. 
So remember that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. The love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. All right? And I want to back up real quick, and I want to read one other verse in Romans 8, and that's verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God, say it with me, if God be for us, who can be against us? Praise God. Is that not awesome? All right. Well, if you'll stand, let's close a prayer. I appreciate each of y'all coming this evening. And uh, I tell you what, I, I uh, praise God for, uh, huh, you all right? Oh, anyway, sorry. I thought she said something to me. But praise God uh, for his love and what he's done in our lives. So let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you for another opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, thank you. Uh, for loving us. Thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for your word to guide us. Thank you, God, for sending your only son to save us. Lord, let us glorify you in thought, word, and deed. Let us be a reflection. Let us grow. Let us learn. Let us strive to have that mind of Christ. And Lord, if there's anyone this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with the Holy Spirit. Lord, please be with each and every person here. Lead God, watch over, protect them, and keep them safe until we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all have a good week.